Good afternoon and good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the Locked On Sound Podcast. Joining me, as always, today is my co-host and co-partner, Hunter Trumbull. How's it going, everybody? We're here today with a very special guest and finally the first guest in our own shop, so it should be a fun day. Uh, good morning. My name's uh, Cullen Knabla. I'm a conservation officer with the Michigan DNR, uh, signed to Jackson County. I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, appreciate you coming on. We've been wanting to do a DNR officer on our podcast for quite a while now. Um, Took about four or five months to arrange this, so everyone was in a slow season, but we're finally here and going to get to learn about the, the Michigan DNR a little bit today, hopefully. We had a lot of people send in some questions and everything like that, so we're excited to see, get some opinions and thoughts on everything from a DNR officer. All right. So I guess we'll start with kind of, you know, there's a lot of, we have a lot of new listeners every week, so we'll get, dive into what your, what your day in the life is like, and, you know, Michigan DNR, I think, is a little bit different a lot compared to other big game states and you know, states with more, more action year round. So, yeah. So I guess my day is pretty much, uh, we don't really have an office. We work out of our trucks. It's kind of nice occasionally. Um, so if I want to, I guess, wear my uniform or dress down and work on reports. Uh, but it's, it's a very interesting job because there's so many different seasons in the state of Michigan from the waterfowl to the fishing, the trapping, you know, hunting of all different species. So, um, and then sometimes we get the ORV type stuff, um, snowmobiles, uh, it, it changes. That's probably the best thing about this job is you never know what each day brings. You know, obviously we prepare and train for each season and, um, you know, every day is different. That's why I enjoy doing this job and not working in a factory or, you know, sitting behind a desk all the time. Now, I do have a quick question. When you... When you get into your truck in the morning, is there anybody saying today you're going to look at ORV or today you're going to look at snowmobiling or today you're going to go out and look for deer? Like, why do watch the deer? Is it kind of just how you pick it during the day and you see what you see and if you see something you, you kind of go in and that's yeah. it? We, we, it's, it's up to us individually. You know, obviously the seasons kind of guide us. Mm -hmm. So when it's when we're getting ready for archery season, you know, we want to work on, you know, um, Beers blowing up in my radio. Um, so uh, the seasons guide us. Um, you know, we get ready for archery seasons. You know, for you know Jackson County, we've got state land and a lot of private land. So you know, we can uh, go out and deal with baited stands. We can go out and deal with stands that've been up all year round. Um, when you get into ice fishing, you got to make sure that the ice is good. Um, this this season was pretty bad for ice fishing. You know, we only had about two weekends where we had good ice. Yeah. Um, so that and the seasons uh, in the weather dictate what we do for the most part. But you know, nobody's telling us, hey, you got to go work on this, um, unless there's like a you know a tip up festival down on Devil's Lake where we go assist with that. Those are the only times we kind of get pointed in certain directions. Now, do you have a favorite season to patrol? I mean, is there is there waterfowl compared to deer a little easier anything like that um obviously the things we know more the things you know i grew up you know archery hunting deer hunting bow hunting firing you know some small games so those are those are easier because those are the things that you focus on for a lot you know i really wasn't a waterfowl hunter until probably about two seasons ago got my feet wet 
you know, and you know, I'm trying to get into, I've been dealing with uh, trapping a little bit, you know, just trying to get my feet wet and all the things that we, you know, deal with and enforce. Um, you know, the best way to learn is to get involved in it. Now, you just got into waterfowl a couple years ago, like you said, and we actually accidentally got to hunt with you yep. in February, last month. So what are you? What, what are kind of your thoughts? You grew up a deer hunter and stuff like that, and now you're getting into the trapping and waterfowl side. You know differences you like or don't like. I know that's the the big debate in the hunting world is which one's better, waterfowl or deer hunting. I say any of them, any and all. I mean, the best thing is getting you know new people out and you know get them involved in the water. I know you guys are you know probably big waterfowl based on your business. Um, I enjoy waterfowl. I haven't hunted out in the lake. You know, I've only, you know, field hunted, you know, geese for the most part. Um, but no, it's, I've kind of got my feet wet. We've got a, a training we get sent to for trapping. So they kind of give, give us a few traps to mess around with and learn it and, you know, enforce it and know what's legal sets and what's an illegal set and what you need and tags and so forth. Um, but it's, you know, I, I enjoy all the seasons. You know, I still prefer archery hunting. For myself, I'd rather be out in the tree stand, and then when firearm season, you know, I don't really have that desire or drive to get out there as much, unless it's camaraderie with, you know, my dad or my son or hunting buddies. You know, that's that's more of what I enjoy there. Very similar to me. I, I I enjoy archery hunting way more than I do actually going out in the middle of the winter sitting in a tree stand. I'm not. I don't do a lot of deer hunting in the late season, mostly early season. Then I'll switch over to waterfowl during the year. But yeah. um, I grew up. Uh, actually doing archery competitions, so I, I really enjoy the archery oh, side of things. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a great thing. I, you know, I offered to buy my wife a, a compound bow a couple years back, and she said, you understand that that's going to cut your hunting season in half because we've got kids. So I said, all right, well, we'll save money and not buy that bow. So. <laughs> that's a great extend the hunting season a little bit there. That's a good decision, there. I guess. Well, we went out and we went and I don't even remember how many geese we ended up getting that day. Um, I know it wasn't a limit. It wasn't a limit. I think when we left, eleven. Yeah, I think maybe we ended up like what six of us. We ended up about fifteen or sixteen. Fifteen. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. And that was a good. That was a good late season Michigan hunt. That's actually the first time we've ever gotten on geese in late season. Yeah. Um, Usually the weather doesn't cooperate with us. We don't have a lot of private fields to hunt on. Thanks to thanks to Mitch, we were able to all go out together and yeah, that's the biggest thing. Get on some geese. Obviously, getting permission, you know, getting on good fields because you don't know one field could be hot one day and the next day it's you know dead. Yeah, we had a field right off of uh, Vineyard Lake there in Brooklyn, and yeah. uh, we drove by one day and there was probably what 200, 300 geese in there. Oh yeah, a lot. And we stopped at the, the owner pulled in his driveway right when we were parked out front watching his field, and we asked him to hunt. He said, yeah, sat up the next morning. Not a single one came back. <laughs> That's my luck. We were like, awesome. Glad we wasted this day. Could have been duck hunting, but. Yeah. We're, we're not big field hunters between me and him. We, we sit mostly, we like boat water. Oh, yeah. yeah that's one of those things I haven't really got to get involved too much with. I know some of the guys I work with and some of my good friends do it. And, yeah. You know, I've been offered to go up to Saginaw Bay several times. I got a good friend that lives up there. And, you know, that's kind of the, the deer time of the year, especially the beginning. Yeah. Now, for you, when it comes time to season and you're also doing your job, how much time do you have to go out and hunt? Um, you know, archery season, well, the nice thing about our job is we we are not we're kind of guided we can use our hours you know we get we are given set days off 
but that can change so we get a lot of flexibility with our work so if i want to go out hunting in the morning i can work the rest of the day or if i want to hunt in the evening you know obviously the openers you know are kind of change that a little bit like i can't go out november 15th in the morning and hunt and then expect to do my job too much but um so i, I get out enough but you know the biggest preventer right now is my son just got into archery hunting this last year so um and he wasn't comfortable with ladder stands and harnesses and stuff like that so i spent all this last season which I, is why i kept all three of my tags and never shot a deer you know, i was <laughs> kind of letting him go with it and hoping that he was going to be the one that was going to kill the, you know, bring home the venison, so. Well, did he ever end up getting one? He got a doe the nice. late antler this season. Gotcha. Yeah. So, it was nail-biter there. I was going to say, he was definitely getting out of the wire. Yeah. This is actually the first year I've ever shot a deer before the 26th of December. Really? Usually I shoot them last week. I, I deer hunt three, four times a week, but it's only that last season. I don't know if it has to do with pressure. Nobody's out there. It's so cold, but... First year ever, I've been able to not be in the stand in December, and it was nice. Tagged out by opening day. <laughs> oh, yeah. You don't want to wait until it's freezing cold no, out there. not at all. So since you've gotten into the whole waterfowl side of things, trapping and all that, and now that your son's getting into archery, has, has becoming a DNR officer kind of changed your opinion on anything hunting-wise? Have, you, have uh, you noticed any changes in your, your opinions on anything or no, how I you mean, handle things? No, I mean, I've, I've always been low-key and, you know, try to educate as much as possible. Um, but, you know, it's 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 nice, like I said, getting into the trapping and the, the things that I've never really been involved with, you know, kind of understanding them. You know, if there's not a lot of trappers out there, um, you know, there's a purpose for all of us, duck hunters and, you know, deer hunters and so forth. You know, you got to kind of even out the, the numbers for the most part. Um, but, no, I mean, it's getting educated on some of the things I wasn't comfortable with or, you know, didn't have much knowledge about has been, been great, great part of the job. So I know we, we posted a poll on our uh, Instagram and Facebook story and got some people to send in some questions. One of the most common ones we got was about deer baiting in Michigan. Oh. And uh, I wanted to ask you if you had any kind of land management tips that you recommend to help deer hunters harvest larger bucks given the fact that we can't bait deer in Michigan, you know, kind of some of the things, the unique things that you might see other hunters do that oh, yeah. seems to seems to bode well for them. There's, I mean, there's a lot of things. Talk to a lot of hunters and a lot of the guys that um, that do well to shoot big bucks, and, you know, it starts with letting the smaller bucks go. You know, that's first and foremost. I right. mean, by no means do I, you know, cast judgment on anybody for shooting. I mean, I've shot small bucks in the past, but, you know, if you want to shoot, bigger deer you gotta let them go um a lot of guys are getting into you know there's some pretty intense food plots out there and they spend a lot of time a lot of money um you know cutting trees to you know maybe make a open um, wood lot you know where you can see through it cut some trees so you know cover um you know there's there's tons of ideas out there that you can um do without obviously using bait you know it's bait's one of those a common thing we deal with so would you say that's one of the most common things you deal with during deer season um i would yeah i would say that's probably the top top one of the top on our list that we deal with is people people baiting you know they're i think a lot of people are kind of um, if they don't read the guides and they don't get educated or they don't see that obviously you don't see the law hasn't changed you drive up to a gas station you see piles of corn and sugar beets and 
you name it, sitting at a gas station, you kind of, people, I think, think that that's legal. And so we try to educate, without hurting businesses, try to educate some of these um, gas stations or stores that sell this stuff. You know, they're not helping. Not helping the cause at all. No, not at all. Is there any way for the DNR or state police or anything to restrict the selling of that kind of thing? I mean... No, because it's it's not illegal to possess. It's, you know, illegal to to use. Um, you know, I'm sure if you took some of the, like the shell corn, you take it and put it in a bird feeder. I mean, there's a lot of, I don't know really, really what you could use for sugar beets other than, you know, taking them to a factory and <laughs> letting them process them. But right. Now, do you, see, do you see a lot of guys try to do some weird things to get away with it, like putting it in a bird feeder or, or no, trying not, to hang it from a tree or something weird? No, no. no? I mean, people, I mean, you, you know, and people admit to it. They they know what they're doing is wrong, and they just... It is what it is. Yeah. So now what is the fine and penalty on that? Um, that's set by the courts. Okay. So there's no set fine. Um, it is a misdemeanor. So, you know, that's one of those things you really don't want to eat if you had a job or, you know... Right. So yeah. it's not something that you just give them a ticket for. It's going to be here's your court date. Well, you give them... A, we can give them a ticket if it occurs in our presence. Um, and, you know, then they have to go to the court in, in front of... It's a misdemeanor, so it goes in front of one of the district courts. There's four district courts in Jackson, or four judges. Um, so it's set, uh, I believe it's like 50 to $500 is the fine. So um, you, you potentially could be lucky, but on one hand, I know some counties up north, and they said each individual county is different. You know, first offense I've heard up north, it's like $250 first. You get caught again, they double it, and then a third time it'd be tripled. So potentially it could be seven fifty. So gotcha. I mean, it's like I said, it's all it's all discretionary by the court and based on what the circumstances are. Now, is that how it works for most infractions? Is it kind of set by the court just on yeah. what it's going? Because I, I mean, I'm not I'm not super proud of it, but I have gotten one ticket from the <laughs> um, and they told me it would range. It was it would range from like. It was like 60 bucks to like 100 bucks or something like that. I can't remember what they exactly told me. They were like, well, we don't know how much it's going to be. And then I had to call in and yeah. they told me what it was going to be. Yeah. I didn't have a like, yeah. jacket on. Yeah, no PFD. Yeah. yeah. That, that's, that's, <laughs> that's an important one in the summertime when we deal with boating. You know, it, not, not that you necessarily have to have it on. you got to have it accessible, yeah. you know, because there's, especially if you get out there hunting, you got so much weight on. Right. Um, you want to give yourself a, a chance to stay afloat or, you know. I th- well, I think my, my biggest mistake was is we, it was opening day of, of duck season, and so I'm sitting there thinking, okay, my gun's good, animal's oh, yeah. good, yeah. got this, got that. We went up there, saw him at the boat launch, and I was like, oh, no biggie, get up there, we get checked. And that took like 15 minutes to go through all of our guns and all of our shells and stuff, yeah. and he's like, all right, one big question for you, where's the where's your floating device? And I was like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I was like, that's going to suck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's probably one of the lower end finds is the PFD. Yeah, that's what he told. It ended up, I think it ended up being like a hundred bucks. Yeah. It, I would yeah. say it's probably that or lower, yeah. 100 so, bu- yeah, hundred bucks. It was it was no biggie. I was like, oh, learning mistake. Now I know I gotta bring that. Yeah. So every morning the checklist, that's definitely on it. Now you've got a fancy one that's the uh, CO2. Yeah. Well, that was nice. I do. I have a nice pull CO2 one. Yeah. It's flat against me. Oh know. yeah. Those are those are comfortable, especially mm-hmm. if you want out bass fishing or yeah. Yeah. you know duck hunting or whatever. I mean, granted, with all your gear on, it probably won't do. I mean, it it uh, do what it's designed to do, but it's not going to be like one of those orange ones that 
you know, you just kind of bob, hear a bobber and pump the water. But I had I had to test it. I thought about putting another CO2, buying another CO2 tank and test it. Supposedly, it can pull 400 pounds out yeah. of the water. That's what it's meant to do. I've never tested it, but I don't mm. really know and it's how a, to test it. <laughs> it's, it's a cheap thing to do. I mean, you, you want to know, you want to be comfortable with your gear. I mean, mm-hmm. it goes with guns and everything. And you want to know that, hey, that this is what it's meant to be. But... You know that those are the type of life jackets we wear or you know pfds mm-hmm. in the summertime we've got the flat ones um and they're comfortable they're just so comfortable yeah, yeah. and if you're out setting in the sun or whatever mm-hmm. you know it's a it's kind of like a life insurance did you see a big change this year because i know we changed our waterfall season dates up this year we kind of skipped a week in the middle normally it was like bing 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 yeah and then this year we took a gap in between uh this is what in was between it? middle zone and southern yeah, zone. Yeah, middle zone and southern zone got a gap. So I know a lot of people don't read yeah. don't read the, the guide, which is a big, you know, no-no. So anybody who's been doing it for 15 years and just like, oh, this weekend, every weekend. Did right. you have did you see anybody going out and been like, oh, it's not honey season yet? Not as much down here in the southern, you know, I'm sure if we're up in the, the middle of the state where it's more popular, like the Bay, Saginaw Bay and mm-hmm. so forth, they would probably see something like that. But once again, I mean the the waterfowl hunters are they're like they're you on. know they're they're on it for the most part, just like trappers. They mm-hmm. they know what's why laws are required, mm-hmm. and they right. know what they can catch, how many they can catch, what types of traps, or how many ducks. And they you know you know with you guys hunting ducks, I mean you you draw up and you look at some ducks flying over. You got a pretty good idea. You guys have probably been hunting for a long time of you know their woodies their mallards their whatever you know like i shouldn't shoot that oh yeah whatever. Um, <laughs> that was actually the hardest part when we first when we first got into it is just learning what they looked like oh, when yeah. they're flying and everything because you're like well if i can only shoot if i can only shoot a certain sex you know two two hens it's like well i gotta know what she looks like and what exactly. i'm doing because exactly. once we get to four it's like oh, well, you know, yeah, you, know. You, you may let a few pass exactly now but, i now i want to see green you know i want to see green on the head yeah exactly <laughs> So while we're talking about, you know, the, the flotation devices and everything, we'll use that to pivot into another aspect of boating and floating, the float laws in Michigan. I know that was, that was probably one of the biggest questions we get on our polls online and just talking to people. It seems like it varies a lot depending on who you ask. So I just wanted to get a, ask well, you, kind of see what the float law is. We've asked, what, three or four different? We asked a federal, a federal DNR officer. Okay. And then we asked, um, when we went to... Uh, down in, where were we at? Kansas? Not Kansas. Um, where we were out at Red Fox. Oh, know, what, uh, Hillsdale. It was Hillsdale. It's, it's just too deep. We've, Hillsdale, we've, you know, and that's our, big, our biggest question, honestly, is, yeah. is, is float laws. Just because it was, <clears> well, I don't really understand if it's if a privately owned or a public, you know, shoot, what the differences are between floating on a lake and what's going to get you in trouble and what's not going to get you in trouble. Yeah, I mean, every, there's no set, like, some lakes people own the bottom land some they don't so it's it's up to the hunters to you know in this area i could speak about one lake when mm-hmm. we've yeah. got how many lakes in jackson county there's right. you know probably 75 or so i mean i don't know exactly the number but um the key is like the private lakes is i would check ahead because you know for example like lake columbia you got to have an access you got to have a code to get out there know what their rules are mm-hmm. so if you have property there you know, or if you're going to go to a certain lake, kind of look into it. Um, you guys have Onyx or... Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So you can kind of look to see what the bottom lands look like. You have some of the smaller lakes like Williams Lake. It's, 
you know, taking Summit Township out of the, but most of the, you know, that's kind of a pie shape. Only three people own the, mm -hmm. the bottomlands. So you gotta make sure that you, whoever, if, if you're on a smaller lake, make sure that you have permission to be mm -hmm. like Mud Lake right over here in Horton. You know, there's a couple of people that own that. So you can't just kind of take a boat out and go over to somebody's property and, and float right. them our, our understanding after asking so many people was that if it was own, if they own the bottom land, you're going to need permission from at least the exactly. person that you're on. Yep. And if your shot's traveling over, you need the permission to be safe from yep. from said yep. other person. Yep. Yep. And then if they don't own the bottom land, as long as you have permission to get on the water, you should be okay. Exactly. Uh, there, yeah, there it's, it's, it's one of those things. And you don't want to anchor up on somebody's, you right. know, up along the, because we've had issues with that where people anchor up along and they're mm -hmm. like, well, it's a, you know, open lake. Well, you, but you can't use those bottom lands. It was mm -hmm. like bottom lands. Now, um, what's the easiest way to tell if they own the bottom land or just the? Onyx, some of these hunting apps, um, the county GIS <coughs> maps. Okay. Um, so you could go on the county on your computer on the county GIS and it will show you, oh, you know, nice. kind of. That's good information. <laughs> you know, Onyx is the big thing. If you look at Onyx, it breaks it up. On, you can zoom in and click. You can even click on whoever the owners are. You know, most time if you ask permission, majority of the time people let you go hunting. You know, it's just people right. that kind of don't do that and ruin it for the rest of the, the ethical mm -hmm. doing the right so. You know, rules and regulations. Does I know it's all it's all state defined and stuff. You know, there's a lot of yep. people that have their hands in it and biologists and whatever's going on. Do they ever ask you guys anything about what you think about what rules should be or how they should be enforced or anything? No. What they ask us is basically they'll give us the guides ahead of time and say read over these. Is, is there any typos? Do you see anything that's wrong that we need to correct? That's about the only input for the most part. I'm sure that like our chief and the higher ups that speak to the NRC. Um, you know, obviously they've got quite a bit of input there, um, but as an officer, not really, so. Okay. Waterfowl hunters and fishermen are the other question I wanted to make sure we hit. Because we see a lot um, <clears throat> in places like uh, Lake Hudson, early season when it's still warm enough to where there's fishermen out there. Yeah. We see a lot of competition between the two, and we actually had a fisherman sit there and do circles inside of our duck spread yeah. and then just leave. What, what kind of things do you recommend for the fishermen and duck hunter early season battle? Uh, I mean, just ahead of time, if you have something like that, the worst thing you can do is spout off and cause a con more of a conflict. Um, you know, we don't really have that much of an issue here. I don't work, I think that's Hillsdale County down there. Yeah. It's like mm -hmm. Hudson. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure those officers deal with that a little bit more. So we don't really have too much of a conflict between the fishermen and the um, duck hunters per se. Right. I mean, there's really either there's a lot of fishing lakes over here, or there's you know, there's a more of a hunting lake. That's a that's a big trolling lake. So really, like, by the time that comes around, bass fishermen are pretty much done. And that's there's trolling for muskie down there. So right. And that's I, that's probably I would just say if you know it's a bad lake to stay away from it. Right. It's cold yeah. enough to. I mean, not that you don't want to. You know, go shoot some ducks or geese or whatever season it is. I mean, honestly, we figured out it wasn't it wasn't worth going out there. There's just you can't do anything about it. There's too many of them out there. Right. Yeah, I don't want to be shooting a gun while there's twenty guys trolling for no, musky. That's that's and it goes. We, yeah, we loaded our boat and we went we went home. We were only out there for like twenty minutes and we saw about twenty boats unload. We were like, all right, we loaded up. And a couple guys were like, oh, you guys duck out? And we we're like, yeah, not anymore. Though. We'll be back in about three four weeks when it's too cold for you guys to be out here because we're. No. It ain't it ain't worth trying to 
fight anybody Some over it and ducks yeah. are ducks a boat in there. That was one of those mornings where we looked at each other and said, How's Papa's place down this morning? Get some breakfast. <laughs> Make yeah. something out of the morning. That's usually our bad hunt days we go to Papa's place. Right there. <laughs> it's good good they got good breakfast. Yeah, they do. <laughs> um well, you know when you were what what got you started in down the DNR path? Um well I did I worked at the Sheriff's Department in Jackson County for multiple twenty two years and then the the DNR occasionally, every so many years, um, they'll offer laterals to pre-certs, like prior certified police officers. So it was kind of towards the end of what I saw as far as the career at the Sheriff's Department, and I saw the DNR hiring, um, applied, went through it, just because I enjoy the outdoor aspect. I enjoy the hunting, fishing, trapping, you know, outdoorsmen, kind of like talking outdoorsmen. It's kind of the, the bottom line. Yeah, bottom line. So, so you you ran two entirely, I mean, you're law enforcement, but two entirely different branches and set goals of it. Can you give yeah. us a little bit, was it more stressful over the sheriff's office compared to DNR, or is it, is it kind of well, the same? Or? It's, it, I think it's more stressful because, you know, obviously the media nowadays, I mean, everybody watches yeah. the news, mm-hmm. they don't paint a very good picture for police officers. Mm-hmm. No. Um, so when starting out in that career, you know, back in like 99s when I got hired, was a lot different than it is today. Mm-hmm. You know, you went from a super positive, which I'd say majority of people are still very positive on law enforcement. Um, but, you know, the general law enforcement, like Sheriff's Department dealing with uh, breaking and entering thefts, larcenies, frauds, domestics, assaults, robberies, you know, that's a little more stressful and a, a different aspect of this job. Yeah. I mean, this job, I mean, majority of people do the right thing. You know, they're sportsmen, they're ethical hunters. They do the right thing all the time. You know, there's a few people that mess up, but they're not not always doing that intentionally, like you talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't read the guides or they don't understand the the, the laws, so, but. I know one of the big things we see down here being in Southern Michigan is a lot of people from Ohio traveling across the border to hunt some of our Southern lakes and stuff like that since we're only about 45 minutes from the Ohio border. Is there, is there anything, you know, any info you have about Michigan out of state hunters, you know, any limits we should enforce you think, or how many, how many out of state hunters do you guys typically deal with here only being about 45 minutes from the Ohio border? Um, I would say that not a lot of out of state hunters we deal with here in Jackson County. Um, like you said, you know, the more of the busier, well popular, you know, people always look at the bays, you know, so I'm sure a lot of the people, a lot of the waterfowl hunters move up there, you know, we deal with occasionally like the deer hunters from out of state, um, or from, yeah, out of state, uh, but really there's no issues, I mean, as long as they're buying their licenses and doing the right thing, um, you know, like I said, Ohio has some other laws that we don't have as far as um, hunting deer, so which I was didn't understand that till recently. I guess if they own property, they can kill a deer on their own property without a tag. Right. Which is, yeah. Which is I had no idea. It's very interesting. So, um, but you know, I was talking to a couple officers from Ohio, and you know, they've got so many different rules. It's but it's one of those things. Bottom line is, if you're going out of state, you need to follow their mm-hmm. guidelines, and you know, you don't want to get in trouble out of state. Or hauling a deer back, like a whole deer back across the state line. That's a that's a big no no. Right. Now I'm actually gonna go back here just a little bit. I, I wanted to know, did you did you guys so the zones changed for our duck season? 
Did you ever hear of like why the change happened? What was the reason for the change or just he just kind of did it? I, I don't know. I, I think that's more of the biologist okay. and the, you know. Because I know, I know it caused quite the controversy up in the Bay. Because we yeah. went to the Bay a lot to hunt this year and there was a lot of pissed off people yeah. um, because of mallard hunters and then diver hunters yep. getting the difference of the lock of the lockup or yeah. not getting that extra week. And I know a lot of people were kind of angry up there, but uh, yeah. I didn't know if there was an, if there was a, a reason told to you guys, or I know you no. just enforce the laws, so. Right, and that might be something if you guys have questions, is call, look up the, you know, the DNR numbers for biologists up in the Bay, that area. Gotcha. And call them and ask them, say, hey, I'm just curious, you know, we're, we're hunters, we're, you know, our livelihoods making, you know, waterfowl calls or, you know, game calls, mm -hmm. you know, help right. us understand. Did you guys, so Jackson is a, C, uh, a CWD county, correct? Yes, yep. Um, so the rules on that, you, you shoot a deer, it can't, it can't technically cross county line, right? You're not supposed to haul it across haul. county line. It's supposed to basically be processed in the county that it's killed. So, so okay. So it needs to be processed in the county you yeah. shot in, in reality. So if I was, because like, if I shot it on my property, I couldn't go down to Jerome, because Jerome is in a different county, even though I live right next to it. Yeah, Jerome, I believe, I think Hillsdale is still a CWD area, so I don't think that's a, a, a big issue there. It's the people where, you know, there's there's a county somewhere else in the state that's not a CWD, and you haul it back. And, mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, yeah, that's, that's not a big deal there, because, I mean, Jerome does over 6,000 deer a year. Mm -hmm. um, granted, there's people coming from all over the state that drop their deer off there. So. Did you guys see a lot of CWD this year? Um, it, once again, what we do is if, if you suspect it, you know, we take the, the deer, the head, mm -hmm. um, to the biologist. Um, it's basically our office out of the uh, Waterloo Field Office up on Seymour Road, and then they'll take it up to you know, MSU and have it tested. Um, I don't know numbers wise, like how many or if, mm -hmm. but I know that over the past there's been several townships in Jackson County that have had deer test positive for CWD. So now, did you? I don't know because obviously this is more of a biologist question, but just just out here asking, did you guys see any avian flu up here? I know it's a big big thing this waterfall season for avian flu, but. I didn't personally see any any ducks or geese affected up here, but I know Kansas and some of the Dakotas and stuff were dropping dead like crazy. So there there were like I said once again I don't know numbers wise, but I know there were some around the, the Hillsdale Jackson line that we ended up taking to you know MSU mm -hmm. and they tested yeah. positive for the avian flu. Um, I don't know across the state. I'm sure it seemed like every time there was a dead goose or mm -hmm. swan or whatever that they were calling us. Somebody tested that. Yeah. Um, so, Did that create quite a hassle for any time there was a bird found dead? You guys kind of had to deal with it? I mean, that can't be something um, you guys usually have to deal with that much, right? I mean, we're, we're provided with the safety equipment to bag it and take it to the wildlife office. Um, sometimes it's just a phone call away. We can call the wildlife office biologist and mm -hmm. they'll send one of the workers down and pick it up. So it really is not a big hassle for us. It's more on, it's nice to be able to answer questions and try to educate people on you know, why you wouldn't really want to feed a waterfowl or why you don't want to feed birds too much because of, you know, if that sickness is here, you know, mm -hmm. transmit too. So. Right. Oh, let's see here. Is there anything else you want to add or you mean, want to speak on at all? I was going to say, is there, anything, is there anything personal you want to 
talk about or? No, I, I know that there was the one question which I don't know if you guys want to touch on, like common violations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what kind of common violations do you, what are the most common, you know, I don't want to say the most of a hassle for you, but. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, because it's um, wildlife hunting and Jackson, or the whitetail hunting is such a common thing, a very, you know, popular thing in Jackson County. We deal with a lot of the violations there. Um, We've got a few that I looked up. They had an article on the DNR, which I agree with. Majority of these, um, and I'm sure a lot of people would kind of say, yeah. So, you know, tagging, uh, improper tagging, whether they, you know, I've seen it where people grab their turkey tag because they're all color-coded, and if they don't look at them, you know, sometimes um, we've dealt with people improperly tagging, even though they have legally those tags um, or not validating, not immediately tagging and validating deer. Um, that's kind of a, that's one of the common things we deal with, tagging violations, uh, hunter's orange, um, everybody tries to get away with the least amount of orange possible and then they get in their blinds and take off their orange. You know, when you're in a hunting blind that really isn't going to... Doesn't do you much good, does it? <laughs> no. And it's, it's a huge safety thing for the most part. The last thing I want to deal with is a hunter casualty because, you know, somebody's sneaking around with no orange on, especially during firearm season. Um, Safety zones, you know, that's a that's a big thing. Um, we always get complaints on people hunting within safety zones. Uh, trespassing, whether it's rec trespassing, we don't deal with too much criminal trespassing, but recreational trespassing where you, somebody shoots a deer and it runs on the neighbor's property, well, you gotta ask permission. You can't just go track mm -hmm. it on there. Right. Um, a lot of people struggle with that because they don't understand that. It's always been, well, well that's my neighbor. And, I'll just go get it. I've got the right to retrieve kind of thing. I'm sure right. you guys hear a lot. All the time. Um, public con uh, public land conflicts with uh, blinds and stands. You know, the bottom line is it's kind of like a first come, first serve. You know, if you throw a stand up, which we get a qu quite a few of those calls where people put ladder stands up on state land while you show up out there. And it's frustrating. Somebody's hunting in your stand, but. Public not, land. <laughs> it is. Um, Littering, you know, those are that's one of the big things too. Is you know not only garbage but carcasses. You know, people throw deer out, throw geese out, you know, right. along the side of the road. And I think that really hurts the perception of people, you know, that don't hunt or feel strongly about not hunting and the hunters. You know, it ruins burns a lot of bridges. Yeah, especially when you drive by a ditch and see you know 15, 20 dead geese. You know, thrown I was, in that I was ditch. actually going to ask that. Where do you guys recommend that carcasses go? Uh, for safety and for numbers. Basically, it's a landfill. You know, if if, if you own, if you own a bunch of property or you're hunting uh, hunt, uh, farmer's land, mm -hmm. you know, the bottom line is if you're goose hunting, hey, you know, when we debreast them or whatever, you take off the the meat and salvage. Is it okay for us to throw these back on your property for the coyotes? You know, the critters are gonna mm -hmm. go out there. Um, we always recommend too if, if it's small enough throw in a garbage bag and yeah. put it in your garbage can because it's by law it's supposed to go to a, a you know certain landfill mm -hmm. um, so it is legal to do that yeah. put them in your garbage because yep. i know he's had a lot of issues with that this season well i was i just it's always been a question for me so like if i i like one or two pretty easy but like if you're shooting limits if you got guys shooting limits of birds it's like well, i'm gonna fill this trash can with dead birds and then i'm like is someone gonna like question me about dead birds or you know, as my uh, now garbage companies, I I don't know what their rules are. They might have a whole different set of rules about yeah. trashing up, you know, with dead carcasses and smelling and that kind of stuff. But I I'm sure they don't really 
Yeah. I think as long as you don't fill it. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're if you're to throw a few in the garbage can and yeah. every other week you get garbage pickup, or you just call your garbage company and say, hey, I'm a bit of a big hunter and I I can't dispose of this. Mm-hmm. Is you know, is there any issues with me throwing it in a garbage bag and putting it in a dumpster? Um, but like I said, people, we get a lot of issues where people dump them on state land. Mm-hmm. They'll dump along, you know, ditch bank. Um, you know, that goes for I've had uh, geese, deer. Coyotes, I mean, probably see a lot of carp. There's, there's quite often there's, there's people don't fish, you know, carp or whatever, you know, if they don't get them cleaned in time, they'll go spoil and they'll just kind of dump them all, you know, and dump it on somebody else's property. That once again, (laughs) a lot of people that don't hunt, don't fish, don't allow hunting on their property, you know, they'll call us and they'll be upset. We are getting up on that time of year where carp shooting is going to become pretty popular again. I was going to say, filling up most with carps and then yeah. dumping them in fields dumping and in people's fields across gardens. And, and, yeah. And I think the big thing is if you talk to any farmer that was just throwing them on field, say, hey, I'm shooting carp, you know, is it okay? Yeah, throw them on your field. Yeah, you right. know, obviously throwing a deer carp because out in the middle of the field might not go over well. But. See, I think we, we had a couple kids get in trouble um, my senior year because they thought it would be fun to go around and collect all the carcasses on the side of the road and then throw them on school property, I think. Yeah. yeah. Collect a bunch <laughs> of things. Just scattered across the football field and all across the parking lot and just whatever they could find. And I was like, well, that's not going to go over well. No, no. That's, you know, it's littering and, you know, all kinds of things. So, so I guess that brings up another good question. Animals on the side of the road that are like you hit a deer, the deer you hit a few months back. You know, if you just hit the head, what, what's the process of if you want to take that and process that deer? Yep. Well, so if you need to make a first foremost, if you need to make an accident report, you know, you contact local law enforcement, um, call 911, they'll send an officer out wherever you're at. Um, and then the, there used to be a highway kill tag. I don't know if you ever got one of those when you hit a deer, it was just like a little business card. Um, so basically they, they pretty much, some officers still have those, it's called a highway kill tag to keep with it while you either take that to a deer processor or process it yourself. Once you process it, you can throw it away. Um, but now it's, um, online. If you look up like Michigan highway kill tags, um, you know, you can fill out information on your smartphone computer and basically take a screenshot of it. And that gives you the permission to possess that kill deer, highway kill deer. Gotcha. Now there's there's farm tags, correct, for deer? Well, there's, you know, there's several different, like if you have crop damage permits, mm-hmm. yeah. What do they, now, something like that, I know there's also like some sandhill crane tags for crop destruction too. What do they do, does a deer or, or a, I know a crane you can't eat, like how do they just, do they have to call you guys up and you guys have to come in and get them? So like, basically those are all done through our wildlife biologists, well, the deer. Mm-hmm. That's done through our biologists. Um, each area, each you know district has biologists. Uh, ours again is up on Seymour Road, um, so they would contact them for the permits. Um, if it's say pumpkin patch or sweet corn or whatever, and they show them the damage, and then from there the biologist will say X number of tags. Mm-hmm. Um, and most time those are for antlerless deer only. Mm-hmm. So you can't kill, go out and kill a buck and say that was the deer that was, um, so there's different. And if you violate that order, then you can either be criminally, you know, found 
you know, guilty or get a fine, or you'll never get any more of those crop damage permits. Um, and a lot of times, some of those, they'll, they'll ask for the heads for testing, um, but it's all part of the permit. The Sandhill Cranes is through the feds, so it's not through the state of Michigan. Um, and I, I don't know what the, I've been told that you can't obviously eat them, you just gotta shoot them and let them lay. Um, but, you know, there's different, but that's through the, you know, U.S. fishing game, so I know gotcha. there are some farmers around that have those permits, mm -hmm. and they can they can do a lot of damage. Yeah. We saw some fields. This is the most I've ever seen this year for sure. I mean, there were fields with 40, 50, 60 sandhill cranes at a time, and yeah, definitely the most I've seen. Yeah, yeah, in Michigan, anyways. Um, you know, obviously, so littering. There's bait. You know, everybody knows about the bait mm -hmm. violations. Um, there's the honey hours. So always look in the guides um, to see when you can legally technically load the gun and when you have to unload the gun and those are those are important um, and then hunter harassment you guys kind of mentioned that yeah. you know the guy riding around his boat in your decoys you know to what extent you know there's the yeah. up north there's a gentleman well can call a gentleman there's a person that probably shouldn't have done what he did that cut straps on a tree stand Oh. I mean, there's there's far extents. There's right. people that are out there driving a four wheeler around, pouring whatever urine or whatever on your hunting blind. Um, so we don't deal with a lot of those, but we deal with some of those. So they're kind of our top top ten as far as violations. Um, duck, duck hunting. I would say the most that I hear. I obviously, just, you hear them and you're like, okay, we can go. It's probably the early shooting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. About 15 minutes before, you're like, all right, we're getting ready. It's going to be time. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's safety. That's a huge safety thing. Cause right. Because you guys are running late trying to get set up, and you're out on state, you know, land where there's so many hunters. Um, but, yeah, we we try to work those quite a bit. We'll get complaints. Um, back to what you said daily, what do we do? You know, the report on poaching line is where we get some most of our complaints. Um, people call and say, hey, there's people in certain areas every year they're shooting before hours. So, mm -hmm. you know, we go work those complaints too. Um, or, you know, contact with gentlemen like you guys and we, you know, they have our contacts and they'll be out hunting. Like I said, majority of our contacts are sportsmen, you know, they're ethical sportsmen, you know, and if you guys mm -hmm. or somebody else sees something and they're like, that ain't right. And, you know, this guy shot four bucks, you know. Right. Mm -hmm. So don't want to deplete the resources. It's all about trying to, you know, have enough for our kids and next generations to have. Yeah, it's good to police ourselves. Exactly. There's not there's not a lot of you guys out there. So no, and it's people always say I'm not going to snitch. Well, that was that was the term that used in the, the sheriff's department general criminal. I'm not going to snitch. Well, it's not that you're snitching. It's that you're doing the right thing. Right. You know, because if you take your like so you guys, you said you don't have kids, but if you take your nephews out or somebody else and they see something, you don't want them going down. Well, I saw this before. I can start shooting mm -hmm. 45 minutes or a half hour before. Right. So try to, <clears throat> you know, get people, get hunter safety, read the guides, and do the right thing. For sure. Now, the other thing we got a lot of questions about from our Michigan hunters um, a lot of people, you know, the, the big deer debate, like you mentioned on earlier, is, you know, taking small bucks, stuff like that. Yeah. Do you do you ever think Michigan will get a more stricter antler restriction or a, a buck first before a doe kind of restriction? Anything like that to try to help the Michigan population grow a little bit more? 
It, it's hard. I can't really answer that. That's more of a biologist. Um, but, you know, you, there's so many groups that are out there that let them grow, you know, and there's people mm-hmm. that don't like, you're always going to have an opinion. There's people that don't like crossbow or don't like firearm season or don't like the, you know, the 350, 450, 44 mag down here in this, this zone. Right. Um, but those laws are made by, you know, powers above me. Mm-hmm. You know, we just kind of go with what the, the rules that are set forth for us. I mean, do you have any questions for us? No, I mean, I appreciate you guys having me, and, you know, I'm always, like you said, we we get requests, I would say weekly, to for people to have us come speak to them, and like I mm-hmm. said, I'm all about trying to educate people and right. answer questions, and, you know, sometimes I don't know the answers because I don't deal with certain things like they would deal with, you know, for Alcon or Bear Hunts, mm-hmm. you know, so sometimes I got to research some of the rules and so forth, right. so. Yeah, we appreciate you doing that research and coming on and. Yeah. Trying to answer some questions a little bit. I'm just happy we finally got a DNRA job. It was, it was a lot of back and forth. <laughs> there was a lot of back and forth. A lot of hot potato there. Yeah. There's a lot of hot yeah. potato finding when it's good for you. Also finding out, you know, just giving you guys set questions that, you know, actually pertain to the job and, and aren't. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure you have a lot of people that just want to ask you questions just to try to make oh, you daily. Hate, hate, hate your job or they don't <laughs> like what you guys are doing or whatever. Yeah, it's, yeah, there's every time we get gas or go get something to eat or no matter where we go, people are always like, mm-hmm. oh, I've been waiting to see one of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can always call the RAP or Port All Poaching Line and yeah. <clears throat> they'll send it out to whatever county it pertains to. Right. I was going to see, I, 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 uh, it's, I'm sure every hunter can feel this way. I never like to see you guys that much when you're out there. I understand you're doing your job and that's what you're doing, but I see, when I see the green or the khaki coming, I'm like, oh! Hopefully this plugs in. Or yeah. There's no lead yeah, shot. I'd much rather right. ask you the question while you're at the gas station. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like you said, there's, like you said earlier, people make mistakes. You know, if mm-hmm. you forget the, the PFD or whatever, I can't tell you how many times I've been places and I've purchased like one of the float flotation the throwables mm-hmm. you know because i didn't have it on my boat yep. you know it's one of those things you can always or you know i went somewhere and broke a stick off and used it as a plug or yeah you know, <laughs> it's, it's one of those yep. things you just got to make sure that you're ready and mine's like, got a wooden dowel in it right now for a plug <laughs> well and, and that's a lot easier than you know it's nice to take out you know i just have set guns you know i got my waterfowl guns i don't pull the plug out that just sets mm-hmm. in my right in my gun safe and now i come move over to the you know the deer hunting gun or yeah right you know small game or so actually i do have another question that's a good one good because uh, i just saw the one too <laughs> <laughs> so so coyote hunting when it yep. comes down to coyote hunting there's obviously a mag restriction correct yep um and there's also just like deer hunting and, and duck hunting there's an, there's a <coughs> A loaded ammo restriction, correct? Is it still is it three shells or can you have a, a full clip? For coyote? For, for coyote. Coyote, I believe I'd have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure it's six six, six rounds. Okay. Coyote. So okay. it's like five in the magazine, one in the chamber. And then the the round is I don't even remember the round restriction exactly off the top yeah, of my head. I, I, I wouldn't know that without looking. Yeah. Those are those are the things that's why you go get the guides. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, the, the guides yeah. are sometimes they're how they're written, some people complain about they're not easy to understand. And that's one thing that, like I said, if, if anything, you know, we tell the powers that be to make those guys, hey, try to make these a little, little easier to read and understand. I would I would agree with that 100%. Yeah, there's a lot it's, like reading a lot. it's like reading a law book. So yeah. sometimes it's like, what, what does, does that, that mean? mean? <laughs> well, there's, 
with those guides, we just tell people those guides are what we the expectations that mm-hmm. we ask hunters or fishermen right. or trappers to follow. There's a lot more laws than are in those little mm-hmm. guides. Yeah. So I mean, if and generally on the on the the top of the guide um, is the changes. So if you say you guys read through the hunting and fishing or the hunting guide from this year and next year you're you look at the cover the cover is what generally has the the changes right so if you read the you're pretty pretty safe as far as nothing inside of it should change if it's not changed on the cover is there a set date those usually come out on (laughs) i think i've got some of the fishing ones in my truck um it it depends it's so long before the season i know the spring turkey we got emails uh, a few weeks ago to read through those so those spring turkey guides will be coming out shortly um biggest thing is if you go to any of the licensing dealers they should have them um if not the for michigan now if you guys have that michigan hunt fish app on your, mm-hmm. yep that's phenomenal because you have everything on there you know what points you have for elk preference points or bear preference points um there's so much information on there and it talks about the numbers like the harvest numbers and i mean if you just kind of dig through that it's it's such a good thing to have i would say that that's actually the biggest takeaway from this podcast is if you live in a michigan you need to get that app because that's helped a lot with boat launches public boat launches yep. there's, there's pings on there for everything yep. and so onyx is super hard to find public boat launches you don't know which ones who's going to be where yep. and finding the boat launch and that app has them and that's that's been actually a really yeah. good resource for us in finding new lakes that we can then go on Onyx and see what kind of land is owned around it, who does what, but it gives us at least a set point of like, hey, we can launch from there if we need to. Yeah. That and we're no longer trying to fish out the booklet to figure out the shooting times every morning. That's we're trying true. to double check. <laughs> we probably read the time three or four times every morning. Oh yeah, we make yeah. sure we do because it's plus six minutes down here. So yeah. it's like you read it and you're like, read it again, plus six minutes, keep adding it. And then your alarm goes off and you're like, okay, am I sure? <laughs> am I sure? Yeah. I always take a screenshot of that. So that way, because mm-hmm. rather than trying to open the app, I'll right. we'll look back at it, yep. especially, you know, deer hunting and then the waterfowl, the biggest things, you know, those screenshots. If I'm in October, I'll take a screenshot of October. It's November. Right. But it is a good app. Now, the waterfowl digest didn't come out in a paper form this year. No, it was not. only online. So I knew, I don't know if anybody... Screenshots were big for... Do you know the reason for that? Was it just... I think it was cost. Cost? Cost of printing. Um, I know that talking to our district office in Lansing, um, they were, you know, Mm -hmm. they said those, the trappers and the waterfowl are very finicky and they want to know. So those people, and we we sent those complaints to Lansing, you know, our headquarters, um, and told them, hey, that those need to be printed, you know, probably don't need to print the elk guide because mm-hmm. right. not many people get that. Elk, elk or the bear, yeah. you know, the bear guide is not a common thing either. Right. Not that many licensors are sold compared to mm-hmm. the other stuff. I was going to say, I know there's, we, we looked up the stat the other day, what is it, a third? 0.03% of people waterfowl hunt? Yeah. So like the, the 1% of people that actually do hunt, I know around here, deer hunting yeah. is huge. And I would say trapping is probably about that or yeah. less. Yeah. Um, not a lot going on. But you can always contact your district. Uh, if you look at the back of the guide, it talks all about all the district offices, and you can contact them. If you're a big waterfall hunter, you want a copy, call them and say, hey, I would like you to print me a copy of this. Right. You know, they'll print it and they'll probably mail it to you. If you're close, you can stop by and pick it up. Gotcha. So. 
So the question that I had, since we're coming up on the dates, figuring we might as well touch on it. Uh, can you give us a rundown of the turkey dates? I know there's different different parts to the turkey season. Yeah, I, I honestly have not even looked at the the dates yet. Gotcha. I've thought about buying a license coming up, but that's about as far as it's gotten. Well, that's why I was asking because I told him the other day, I was like, we need to go go to Somerset Outdoors and get our licenses. But we were like, huh, we got to make sure we get them for the right I was going to say, this group. is the first season we're really turkey hunting hard. So I was like, it was a, it was kind of a shock because when we read it, we were like, wait a minute, there's different there's different yep. days and yeah, set times that everything goes on? Yeah, there's private land and then there's the state land permits mm-hmm. with the drawings. You know, right. For the most part, you guys probably hunt private land. So you can get like the mm-hmm. whatever it is the ZZ or the YY, mm-hmm. right? Or, you know that's kind of the the go to. They sell so many of those tags, and you don't have to apply for them ahead of time. Um, but no, back to your what you said about going to the Somerset. You know, definitely go to the smaller mom and pops. You know, mm-hmm. those, right? Because you don't want those to go away. Nothing against box stores, but you know, I I enjoy going to like the December set, the shoe packs, and you know. Yeah, Somerset, Somerset and Shoepex definitely are the two we go to most. Um, I was gonna say they, Somerset has our calls and Shoepex will have our calls in there. Um, nice. So we like we like going in and supporting those guys anyways. Yeah. yeah. And I know last year working, I stopped down to Somerset. <coughs> they had the little buck pole for the or the deer pole for the yeah. youth. Yeah. Yeah. That, yep. that was phenomenal. I think uh, nice, him and Ten Point Taxon we put that yeah, on. Yeah. So. They had yeah. some nice velvet bucks down there. They um, did for the early that early. They season. did. They did. Um, yeah. It's kind of crazy. I was like, I've never got to shoot one in velvet. Never. <laughs> I've never <laughs> had a youth hunt when I so but that's you know that's a good thing i mean you have com- people complain about the youth hunt right you, know, you have the complaints in the four i mean i think it's a good thing because you know to try to talk about earlier trying to get new people out hunting i think it's very important if we yeah. don't I mean, the only one percent of the population is hunting that's only one percent of us that really have any say in anything I, you know you want to see more people get into yeah. it more money involved in it yeah you know i did have a question about that more too people to buy calls Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So when you guys are, I mean, this probably isn't a question for you, but let's see if you know. Um, when you guys are allocating money to certain projects or certain funding for certain things, does deer hunting, because it's more popular down here, does that get first come, first serve? Or do you guys kind of just break it up evenly? I, I don't know how that works. Okay, yeah, gotcha. that's, that's way above my <laughs> ah, they just kinda, status. Ah, I was making sure you didn't know, because I was like, oh. When, they, when it comes time to put boxes up for, you know, the hens to hatch their eggs in or something, does, does something else get more prior? I didn't know the priority basis of, of who gets more importance or uh, And it goes, like, you know, all the information um, about, like, the registering deer. Mm-hmm. You know, all that information is helpful because, you know, I was talking to our bio- biologist about that. And he said he likes seeing, like, you know, you see how many deer are killed in a, a county. Why is it a certain township? why would it be a lot lower than other townships you know so it helps them kind of understand the you know the feed aspect or you know why why you know bring up the question about why are there more deer killed um you know i think you know it's always good to have all that data because without that data you know making decisions at like the nrc level is you know tough so right that makes sense yeah it does Oh, I mean, that's all I've got. Anything else? No, that's all I got. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate you guys having me. If you ever have any questions, yeah, I appreciate um, you coming on. Yeah, or if any of the listeners ever have questions for us, just have them call the rap line or port all poaching. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're always looking for new people too, like hiring and bringing new people on. So gotcha. if people are looking in the law enforcement, I would recommend them obviously looking at the DNR. I, was gonna say, I definitely thought about. Uh, 
trying to get, get before we did this, that was my my thought process is going to be an ENRI gym, and then we ended up doing this. So I was like, oh well, no, I'll just do this instead. But this, this could be a side job. <laughs> it's it's yeah, definitely yeah. Plan B. <laughs> yeah. So no, good luck, guys, and if you ever have any questions, let me know. Yep. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming on.